Chapter Ten of The Adventures of Tommy Blake by Brother Ernest Ryan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Voices in the Night. Long after the purple of evening had been swallowed up in the black of night, and the symphony of the insects had taken the place of the chorus of the birds in that peaceful country area, Tommy lay awake thinking. He had tried hard to sleep, but sleep would not come to him. The hours spent in bed during the last few days were telling on him. He was full of the restlessness which comes from a period of forced inactivity. Finally Tommy got up from his bed and walked across the room to the window which looked down the path to the lake. The bright moon, like a theatre spotlight, cast long rays upon the earth. The footpath was clearly visible, and at a further distance the little wavelets could even be seen dancing under the moonbeams. It was a lovely sight to see, but wasn't it down near that very spot that Tommy's freedom had come to an end? That was the thought in his mind as he gazed. Suddenly across the path of silvery water a dark shadow passed. Even at that distance, and although he saw it for only a brief moment, Tommy was sure it was a man in a boat. For a full half hour the boy stood there in the moonlight. Then the peaceful sounds of the night made him feel a little drowsy so he wandered back to his bed hoping to drop off to sleep but there was to be no sleep for him the only thing he could do was to lie there and wait it was not very long before he thought he heard the sound of footsteps on the walk outside he listened intently and the sound of a slight knock came to his ears as if someone were rapping on the door downstairs he got up and tiptoed over to the window again to see whether he could get a view of the visitor but that was not possible the roof of the porch obstructed his vision. After a brief pause there was another knock. Then Tommy heard the sound of someone walking around in the room beneath him, followed by the noise of a door being opened. Evidently the visitor had been expected. Tommy could tell that the two were exchanging words, although he could not make out what was being said. A moment later he heard a door being closed, followed, to his utter amazement, by the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs toward his room. Was he to be carried off in the night, or were they even going to go away with him? Tommy's heart beat violently, but he got back into bed very quietly for fear of being caught listening. But Tommy's excitement at that moment was for nothing, because the visitors passed the corridor and entered the room next to his. He could tell that by the sound of the electric switch and by the light shining on the trees outside. Then there came the sound of their conversation, blurred, unrecognizable words. Tommy's curiosity was aroused. He got up again and walked to the other side of the room, where a window was open near the window of the other room. There he could understand much of what the two voices were saying. So you think he's pretty bad off, do you? Yes, I'm sure of it. That was Charlie speaking. How much time do you give him? Well, I can't exactly say. I'm not a medical man, you know, but by the looks of things... The voice lowered so that Tommy lost the purport of the words. Who was this person they were talking about? Was it the sick man in the house? The other voice rose. How long has he been here? For nearly. Why was it that Charlie's voice dropped off so at the end of his sentences? You say he's got dough? Yes, he's worth plenty of money. How many are in on this? Just the two of us. You're not getting cold feet, are you? No, I'm not, but I never care to get in on anything important like this, when there are a lot connected with it. There's too much chance that someone will talk in his sleep. 
if you get what I mean. I get it perfectly, replied Charlie. I've thought of that too. But even with a second person, you have a risk, you know. That insult was passed over entirely by the other speaker. And are you sure there is no will? I'm positive. I've been with him for several years now. I've seen all his papers. You just leave that part to me. Are there no heirs? Yes, there are, but we can take care of that. I wish I could share your optimism. Well, my friend, it's easy to see that you're not a lawyer. No, I'm not, and it has been a habit of mine to keep away from them whenever I can. Well, I know the risk I'm taking. It's only a chance, as I said. Well, Columbus took a chance, said voice number two. I don't mind taking one myself. I'm just trying to find out all I can. Here's a fine bottle of wine. Have a drink. That was all that Tommy could hear for some minutes, except now and then the sound of glasses. When their speech could be heard plainly again, he realized he had missed some of the intervening remarks. You'll be here tomorrow night at about ten. Do you think you can make it? It was Charlie's voice. Yes, that's easy. Maybe by that time he'll have signed the will. I'll put a little more pressure on him. By that time, too, I'll have that kid away from here. That'll be a good idea. What he don't know won't hurt him. He's a bright kid, but he'll have to go some yet. Does he know anything about this? Not a thing. Swell. Now I'd better be going. I've got a few other things to do yet tonight. It is strange how things pack up on one. That seemed to be the end of the conversation, for immediately afterward Tommy heard them open the door and snap off the electric light, and soon they were making their way past his room and down the stairs. Meanwhile, Tommy had tiptoed hurriedly to bed. He was afraid they might come to his room, and if they were to find him awake, well, he dreaded to think what might happen to him. He knew that they had been talking about him, but he could not figure out the other part of their conversation. If he only knew more about the sick man they referred to, here was a good job for some detective. In the midst of these thoughts, he heard the opening of a door on the ground floor. Evidently, the stranger was leaving. The boy could tell that the two men were below somewhere, but just where that door was he did not know, for he had been brought into the house while he was unconscious. So as not to miss anything that might be a help to him in working out the whole puzzling situation, Tommy got up again and went over to the window, looking down the path to the lake. From below he could hear the men again, although they were talking now in hoarse whispers. You'll get him away tomorrow? Yes, or if I can't I'll call you. You'll be at the same place? The same place. I'll stay now that you think the thing is coming to a head. I was planning on getting away to New York. Better let that wait. Stick by me and we'll get the money yet. I'll be seeing you. Tommy kept his eyes riveted on the path which stretched out so bright in the moonlight. If the strange man took it, he might get a chance to see him. And the boy had begun to realize that it would be a good thing to be able to recognize Charlie's confederate. Of course, there were plenty of ways of getting away without going down that particular path to the lake. One thing Tommy felt sure of, and that was that the man had come up to the house on foot. He had not heard a sound of an automobile. If this plot resolved itself into something of importance, Tommy felt sure he would be able to read about it in the papers, and certainly he could be of service to the law. Certainly the sick man in the house was the one they were speaking about. Just where that sick man's room was, Tommy did not know. It must be in a place quite removed from the room used by the plotters. 
men getting ready as these men seem to be to do some vile deed in which secrecy is all-important are not foolish enough to make their plans where they can be overheard by their victim they had evidently not realized that the boy in the room next to them could also overhear tommy was glad that he had not been able to sleep otherwise he would have missed all of this frightened as he felt he was old enough to appreciate the thrill of having discovered a plot for a full hour tommy kept his eyes on the lane but no sign of the man appeared the lake which before had been illuminated by the moon seemed to be almost entirely in shadow now so it was impossible to tell whether the canoe he had seen pass earlier in the night was the one which the visitor had used no further sounds save those of the night insects disturbed the silence cool breezes came in across the lake it was long after the time for a boy to be in bed but the words of the plotters rang in tommy's ears keeping him awake some means of escape from this place must be found and found with the least possible delay to-morrow it would perhaps be too late to get help for the sick man against his enemies out of bed again at the thought tommy began to search through the drawers of the cabinets for a tool of some sort that he might use to force open the screen on the window that seemed to be the only possible means of getting out it was a weary boy who an hour later dropped onto his bed after an entirely unsuccessful search there was only one consoling thought he had tried every means in his power to be of service to the unknown patient threatened by what he did not know tommy was just about ready to drop off into sleep when a new thought came to him charlie had promised he would take him back to the villa on the following day he would pay close attention to the route they took in getting back to the camp it might be possible for him to get in touch with someone who could prevent the plotters from carrying out their design he knew it would be of no use to mention the matter to basil kensington that worthy would not do anything his name might get into the papers notoriety might come to the school and that would not be a good thing no kensington must not know anything about it but there was old bill dolan bill might know the sheriff of the place and the sheriff ought to be able to do something these were tommy's final resolutions before at last going off to sleep to-morrow he would work out his part in the counterplot End of chapter 10